Hey, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Today is Wednesday, the 25th of September, 2019. I'm sorry this is late. I've just been reading um, some fucking reviews for... I don't know why. I, was, I think I've been, pu- I've been putting off starting recording this is what I've been doing. Um, I'm in Amsterdam, by the way, at my friend Short's house. In Amsterdam, um, it's fucking 4.45 in the afternoon. Uh, I just slept a bunch because I flew in from Prague and I was tired. Anyway, I've been, I've been on Google Maps. Um, why have I been doing this? <coughs> I was just on Google Maps. I scrolled all the way out, like zoomed out as far as you can go and then went to Antarctica and then started looking at... Um, like the different uh you know they have like um bases in antarctica and they're on google maps and if you zoom in close enough you can get to uh like uh, there's like a couple things on the base like there's this one gaddis is it gaddis base uh no casey station right and on casey station there's a place called gaddis eskimo fuel pumps and (laughs) <laughs> and, and people have reviewed it <laughs> it's like 63 people have reviewed the Gaddis Eskimo fuel pumps on Casey Station in Antarctica and I think some of them are fake but I think some of them are real um, there's like this one sounds real they, they, people keep talking about a hamster they keep saying that there's like there's a hamster there. This one two months ago, Daniel Cooper, great service. They even have a pet hamster be- behind the counter that does tricks. Its hamster wheel was a little squeaky, so I oiled it up for him, and they gave me a discount. Other than that, there were far too many foreigners here. <laughs> Fuck, that is good. Oh man. <laughs> Too many foreigners at the fuel station in Antarctica. Mm. Um, there were some other ones like amazing staff. Always helpful to have someone as useful as them as th- at this point in the world. That's Rodrigo Goyes. Um, and then like some of these, I'm like, I can't tell whether this is real or not. Tom Pipes. Staff was pretty friendly, donuts were good, as good as one can get here, but bathroom toilets were so cold, need seat warmers here. I did ask if anyone could direct me to Sanders workshop and they all just laughed at me, so I'm only giving them four stars. Surely, like, who's making fucking Santa jokes? Also, that's the North Pole. Maybe that's the joke everyone makes. You go down there and you're like, where's Santa's workshop? And they're like, oh, it's the wrong pole, mate. <laughs> what jokes would everyone make when they get to the north when they get to antarctica like it's just like any other place isn't it like when you get to germany and you're like oh do you guys have a sense of humor how funny that like there's no because there's no um there's no like fucking official language of antarctica 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 it's pronounced with a t- it's got a t in it you stupid fucking American dogs. Um, so how funny would it be if you got there and there's just no one's just, just like full of, I don't know, like, you know, fucking Russians or something. Like they had the base that week and you didn't get the memo. So you've got to Antarctica and then just no one speaks your language. <laughs> you 
<laughs> You're like, what do I do? They're like, duh. <laughs> You're like, I guess I'll go home. They're like, duh. <laughs> can I, can, what's your hamster's name? Duh. Um, okay. Look, I think I'm just trying to fucking put this podcast off. I think I'm just, this is why I'm talking about Antarctica. It's because I don't want to talk about, oh, I met my biological father on Sunday, Fernando, and, uh, I promised I was going to talk about it last week and I am, it's exactly what I want to do. I don't even really know where to start. I mean, I've, I've, a lot of people have asked me about it and, and, uh, been very, a lot of people have been, uh, I, I, I really appreciate the amount of people that have messaged me and asked me how it is, um, asked me how I'm doing, or wished me good luck before I got there, I really think uh, I didn't give it as, like, as much kind of weight as what I should have in the weeks leading up. And uh, even when I was in Amsterdam last week on Saturday, I flew from Amsterdam to there, didn't I? Did I? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, And, you know, everyone was wishing me good luck for it and and whatever. And same with in Belfast. I don't know, man. Everyone's been fucking real nice. Um, And uh, so I flew from Amsterdam. I got up early, left the hostel jumped on the flight, did I get up early, no I didn't, you fucking liar, I did not get up early, I fucking got up at 9 o'clock, and I had some, oh my god man, that fucking hostel, that was a, it was actually way nicer than what I expected in Amsterdam, and it was like 30 euro for the thing, but it was like, you know, very clean, and I had a single bed with no bunk on it, that was nice. Uh, and then I got up in the morning to have the free breakfast and it was literally bread with like spreads. Like you don't even, they didn't even have a toaster. I'm like, you're taking the piss, man. Really free breakfast. This is bread and jam and butter. Fuck. At least put some fruit out there. Um, got down to Eindhoven, got on the fucking, on the plane and, and it was weird. Like even the night before, <sighs> Sorry, I don't know why I keep yawning. Even the night before, when I did the gig, the gig kind of finished and and I was like, well, that's the last thing that I have to do now in between me and and going and meeting Fernando. Like, it just, the weight of it kind of suddenly dawned on me. Like, I was, when there's something in between you and a big thing that you got to do, you still, it's always like, oh, you know, fucking, I I got to do that, but after I do this, I got to do that, but but I just got to do this thing next. And then, you know, I went to bed that night and woke up in the morning, did a little bit of riding and then made my way down to the airport and jumped on the flight. And uh, I remember messaging Fernando on Facebook Messenger and and seeing that he hadn't been active in like 12 hours and the first, like thinking like, what if he's dead? What if he died last night somehow in some sort of tragic accident? Um, and like, I started like kind of almost fantasizing about how sad that would be. Um, and well, I think looking back, that was me like not wanting to face the actual fucking doing it, you know? 
like that's the thing man it's such a exciting story to have and i love telling people stories and i'm very fucking greedy when it comes to stories i'm like give me that yes let me do that thing so i can tell people about it but then if you want to if you want to fucking tell people about doing something the snag is that you actually have to go and do it and uh and when you go and do it it's not there's no one else there with the people that you tell the story to later. They're not with you when you go and do it. You have to go and do it by yourself. And that's scary. That was, that was like, even like I was saying last week when mum was like, you have to go and do this by yourself. It just, it was, I didn't want to do it by myself, but I also knew that I had to. I wish someone was there with me when I was doing it, I wish I'd had someone there to, to fucking turn to and be like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I, I, when I landed on the plane, I messaged, uh, I messaged, uh, my friend Celeste who had had this similar thing. I think I spoke about her last week had had like a similar thing where she had met her biological father later in life. And I messaged her and I just fucking, I'll read what I said. Oh my god, I can't stop fucking yawning. Which is funny because more people are going to listen to this episode of the podcast than for almost any other one I've ever done because of the story that it is. And I'm just fucking yawning all over the track. <laughs> um, I said to her... I just... <laughs> this is... This <laughs> This is a fucking window into my mind at the time. I was like, I'm meeting Fernando in dot, 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 like a couple of, like a matter of minutes. I just landed in Vienna and I'm waiting to get off the plane. I feel scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I just, and I just feel scared. But anyway, I thought of you and I've read some of our convo from earlier and it's making me feel better. I hope you're well. Just frantic, man. Even before I got on the plane, I was imagining what if, like, what if in the air, or maybe that was when we were landing. I think when we were landing, I was thinking to myself, what if the plane crashed? If we just crashed and I died and I never had to do it. I was fucking terrified, man. I was so scared. My my fucking hands were sweaty. Um, I like, no, that's something that I've I've noticed recently that if I'm scared about something, like, I know that's a thing that people, but I've actually noticed it happen a few times, and it's weird when you notice it, and you're like, feel scared, and then you realize that your palms are sweaty, and then, fuck, I can't get that stupid fucking song out of my head, I hate that, every time I, I'm almost, I'm like avoiding, I'm gonna say on stage, like, I've gotta say on stage that my palms were sweaty, and I just feel like Eminem monopolized that fucking phrase. Palms are sweaty forever. If you ever say palms are sweaty now, people are going to think knees weak, mom spaghetti. And it's like, I don't even pronounce it mom. Mom? What am I, a butler? <laughs> I, I, I want to say palms are sweaty without thinking of that fucking song, Lose Yourself. Fuck. I mean, that's, you know, I guess that's how good of a rapper he is. To, to have monopolized an entire phrase so that now, even when I'm meeting my biological father, fuck, that's actually incredible, isn't it? That he so nailed the feeling of really being scared to do something that 
whenever you get scared now, he used the perfect phrase, and it's such a phrase that is leaned on in the rhythm of the song that it's, it jumps out at you. Palms are sweaty. And now whenever your palms get sweaty, you fucking think of that song. Oh my God. Wow. I was about to say, fuck you, Eminem, but that's incredible. The song's fine. I didn't, I didn't feel the way, like the song, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't walking into <laughs> meet my biological father with my fucking hood up. <laughs> <laughs> like a boxer with my fucking headphones in. I walk in, he's standing there, I just punch him in the face. <laughs> Sorry, dude, I was G'd up. You ever heard of Eminem? Don't worry about it. He's <laughs> just so fucking on fire. <laughs> A generation of people <laughs> going into pivotal moments in their lives, suddenly being forced to think about Eminem's Lose Yourself and then, <laughs> then lashing out with violence. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I just, I, my palms were sweaty when I was on the plane. And I was thinking, what if the plane crashed and I died? And I was like, would I have a big problem with that? Uh, not hugely. <sighs> I landed and uh, and then I'm walking through the thing. Oh, so one of the ears on my fucking earphones broke. It's fucking Sony. Fuck you, Sony. Those fucking Bluetooth headphones that I'd spent, I think it was 40 euro. Yeah, like 39 euro on in fucking Berlin in July. One of the ears is already broke. Sony, if you listen to this, go fuck yourself. I'm actually fucking livid about that. Um, anyway, I get, I land and uh, I checked my bag in because I was on Wizz Air, which I've never flown with Wizz Air before, so I don't know how strict they are with checking your bags in and oversized things and whatever. So I land and I've got to go get my bag from the car and as soon as I realize I got to get my bag it's like the weight's lifted again I'm like okay I don't have to go see him now I don't have to see him yet it's not yet I've still got I message him and, and the bag thing says it's going to take like 10 minutes five to ten minutes for my bag to come so I message him I'm like hey it's going to be five to ten minutes and I see it's not even on the way yet and I'm like oh thank god and I sit down and then it starts and it comes straight away in like a minute and I'm like damn it I fuck fuck I was looking forward to not having to do the thing yet. Get my bag. I walk out. Um, they're to the right when I walk out of the door. And they're standing there, Fernando and Miguel. And I kind of go to walk like around the side. And in my head, I've built this moment up so much. I, I was... I wonder why I keep yawning. All I could think and uh, what I thought that I was going to say to more audiences, but actually I didn't. I, I thought it would be funny to ask people, do you reckon I'm going to cry? I don't even think I... I didn't ask a single audience, do you think I'm going to cry? But that was my big question. I was like, I wonder if I'm going to cry. I wonder if the feeling is going to be overwhelming, you know? Um, I imagined, because like... Miguel had said to me that he, that Fernando is quite emotionally, you know, like he can be a bit overbearing or whatever. Not overbearing, just intense. And uh, I was maybe 
like ready for him to come and like hug me and start crying and like you know hold me tight oh my son you know that whole that moment um but it wasn't like that at all and i i thought if that had happened i probably would cry because of the intenseness and i was kind of imagining that and like that's what i was scared of i reckon i think i was scared of that moment because that's what i imagined it would be like in my head and then um when i got there i kind of went underneath the the fucking little thing rather than walk all the way around you know i just like went underneath the barrier at the airport got there and then like it didn't even feel like he was gonna hug me so i hugged him i gave him a hug and i gave miguel a hug and it was like a not it was just like a like hey yeah oh hey and then we kind of all stood there for like a, a beat you know and then we're just like this is fucking weird and uh we started walking to the car and and then Fernando couldn't find the car in the car park. And for like we were like walking out there and then he was like, shit, fuck. <laughs> he does say that. He goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's pretty funny, isn't it? Um, he's always, whenever something goes wrong, he's like, shit, fuck. Um, uh, we found the car, drove back to... Fernando's place and and his wife Felicitas and uh, got there. Um, yeah, I don't know. The first night was alright. Like we just had a bit of cooked, like you know, goulash or some some Austrian type of thing. Heavy soup with this like, um, I'm I kind of I saw it as like a pasta like a kind of pastory made thing, but it's like, I don't know, whatever, it's goulash, I think it's goulash, we had that, went to bed, in the morning, me and Fernando went and did a tour, like a, uh, like a free walking tour of, um, of Vienna, and, um, just kind of saw the sights, and, oh no, that's right, at night, on Sunday night, me and, and Mick and Fernando walked around and got ice cream in the, around the centre of Vienna, and then we went home. And then in the morning, me and Fernando did like a tour. And uh, I was waiting for... I noticed that we hadn't laughed yet. That was kind of stressing me out. I was like, I still don't feel comfortable. I don't know that, I don't know that there was a moment actually for the whole two days where I did. we did get like a good... Like a real good laugh in. But I think that's just because that's like what it is when you meet someone you know like i'd never met these people before i don't know anything about them really other than that they've got the same skin as me um yeah so uh what am i feeling right now am i feeling a thing i've been thinking a lot i've got so many fucking thoughts about this man i really can't i I actually can't wait to talk to a therapist about it i've been ever since i decided i was going to talk to a therapist i've i think i've been like getting my shopping list together you know um and just like okay i gotta talk about that and that and that and i'm starting to see or (laughs) this is a little bit how it feels i'm getting ready to talk to a therapist and it's almost like when I get back to Australia, that's like 
pencils down and then I've got to like I'm doing as much as I can now to figure out what my problem is what my problem is what my problems are what my things are that I need to work on whatever you know all this kind of shit that you're apparently supposed to work on in therapy and uh, I'm trying to figure it out now by myself (laughs) so that when I get to the therapist I can like hand in my bit of paper and be like how did I do (laughs) am I have I impressed you with my knowledge of myself I'm a pretty switched on guy, huh? But you've never seen anyone as, as... No one's ever gotten this far into it before by themselves, right? Like, I want the therapist to tell me that I'm smart. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm realizing that I'm uh, not very good at, like, feeling things. Like, I've been meditating a lot. A lot? I've been meditating is what I've been doing. Um, for the past kind of three or four months and there's a thing, there's like a technique in the headspace fucking meditation thing is called noting, which is where when you get distracted from the meditation, you, you note what the distraction was. If you were thinking or feeling, if it was pleasant or unpleasant and then try and put a label on whatever it was and, uh, I've noticed that I, it's almost always... I've, I've, I don't think it's ever feeling, actually. I think it's always thinking with me. And um, that just was what it was for a while. Like, I just noticed. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's always thinking. And then I started to think, maybe that's maybe it should be feeling sometimes. Or maybe just... Isn't it weird that it's not feeling? Like, maybe I'm not feeling things. And then it's like when something like this happens and I'm asking myself if I'm going to cry, should I be crying? Does that mean that I'm not feeling the emotions that are there if I'm not crying? Or like, I don't know, even just now, like just then when I kind of paused for a long while and then started talking about uh, how I'm trying to impress this therapist that I'm going to go to and started laughing. Was that like a technique of avoidance? there is that me trying to avoid the feelings by just laughing about me trying to the absurdity of trying to like impress a therapist with you know my my fucking self-awareness or whatever i don't know at what point do people in the in the time that i've been talking here would people normally start should i be crying am i trying to make myself cry right now i don't fucking know man i've started thinking about that i've started thinking about um all this is as like related to like, okay, my experience like growing up and, and did I have someone to teach me how to be emotional? Was I ever like, you know, or like an example of like how to access emotions and uh, fuck so much stuff. That's the kind of energy that I was going into this thing with answers. Give me answers. We went around Vienna on this free tour and, uh, I noticed myself, here's what it felt like, Um, this is a good, actually, this is, I think this was a good little touch point for me, it felt like, when I was hanging out with Fernando on that tour, it felt like every, every girlfriend that I've ever been about to break up with, when we go and do, you know, like, the last, like, thing that we're going to do, before we both admit to each other that we knew that the thing was about to end. And I've been on the other side of those relationships as well, where like, I know that I'm about to be broken up with, but we're just trying to do a thing that's like normal because we both like each other and we like the idea of the relationship, but we're not committed enough to it. So we end up bailing. 
That's what it felt like. It felt like Fernando. I felt the same to Fernando as I have towards like girls that I've, girls that I've been about to break up with. But here's the difference: is in a relationship with like a girl, I can break up with them, and that's the whole point. You know, like I, or like it's very easy to. It's as easy as just going, hey, bye. <clears throat> but this is this is my fucking biological father that I've made a big point of like. Oh, I'm gonna go and find this dude. I can't just get there and be like, oh, I feel a bit icky and bail. I think that's very helpful for me to have to be forced into confronting it, you know? Maybe that's what I was so scared about was I knew that this was a thing that I couldn't run away from. Once I decided to do it, I was like, that's a thing. I can't break up with this guy, you know? But I still felt very smothered. Even if that was, I don't know if that was uh, like his doing or mine, but. Either way, I felt very kind of trapped. And I was like, after the tour, we went for lunch. And I said to him, hey, man, I'm sorry I'm not talking so much. And, and he said, no, it's, it's all right, man. It's, it's just important for us to be here spending time with each other and, and getting to know each other a little bit. And I was like, yep, fair. And he just kept saying things, you know. He kept, like, talking about, like, oh, this is this building. We're driving around. I was getting kind of frustrated because I just wanted to – have lunch so that I could go and hang out by myself for a bit and then he kept going driving us around to places going like this is this building and this is this thing he was like do you want to get out and have a photo here I was like no I want to go to lunch <coughs> um we got to lunch the two places that he took me for lunch were both <laughs> within like a block of each other the grill place and then a seafood place and they were both closed for renovations that was fucking wild and so we got some lunch this place, I don't know, there was like one lady serving, doing the waiting for the whole place and uh, she was clearly overworked. I don't know why there were so many people there. Also, the council seemed to be doing something with like the canal or whatever because there was just bad smells all all lingering around in the air and uh, we got some calamari. We both got calamari and it took fucking 45 minutes. Oh my God. She gave us our drinks for free. That was nice. I met a couple of Fernando's friends and then and then I just kind of was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to a cafe by myself. Cool? Cool. And I was feeling a lot of... I was still feeling very trapped there. I kind of walked around for a few... looked to a few different cafes and just walked. I just needed to walk. Um, and then I got to one that was nice that I felt like I could spend some time at and then I realised my phone was dead and I fucking hadn't brought my charger... And I was planning to stay out and just go straight to the show that I was going to do that night on Monday night. But then I didn't have my charger and I had to charge my phone. So I was like, okay, i got to go back to the house and, and and charge my phone and go back to the house. And Fernando was like, do you, do you want me to come to the show that you're doing? I was like, nah. No. I'm going to go by myself. I just needed to fucking do... Yeah, I needed to do something by myself. And that's my... Like comedy, you know? That's my fucking safe place that's like where i can go to just be you know i get on stage i can fucking do the thing that i know i I know how to do it it's where i feel comfortable whatever god that sounds so fucking cliche that's just where i feel safe but i do i got to comedy and and i get to talk to comedians man uh reginald barris reggie barris barris whatever and jack holmes uh thanks jack for putting me up on your show by the way um, two two dudes who are touring around Europe, who do like you know they do these European tours and stuff, and they're they're good comics. Got to hang out with them and a few other comics, local comics from Vienna, 
Um, show was really good. And I went on and I think I kind of bummed the... <laughs> I think I kind of bummed the audience out a little bit. I just needed to let off some fucking steam, man. I went on and like... I did some jokes and I went okay, but... And then I, I was just like... I met my biological father yesterday and just was going like, I don't know what to do. What was the joke that I... <laughs> the joke that I thought of beforehand that I don't... That didn't land at all. I was just like, you know, we were walking around today and he was telling me about his favourite buildings and this is this place and this is that place. And I was like, I didn't come here to talk about your fucking buildings, mate. Why did you leave? Why did you abandon me? <laughs> um, yeah, is that even a joke? I don't know. I didn't ask him that question. I got, what I did ask Fernando was a bunch of stuff about his life and about... I guess that is the question that I want answered, but... He said something quite nice. He said uh, he doesn't think that it's about culpability or blame. Um, I mean, he fucking would say that, wouldn't he? <laughs> I was... Um, as he was talking about how he went... He, he was... When I was born, he was talking to my mum. And he went uh, from Colombia. My mum was back in Australia. And he went down to Argentina to try and get a visa for Australia and uh, the visa got knocked back, I think he said. He got refused a visa um, and then he was trying to send my mum letters. He sent her like a few letters and and it um, just didn't work. Like the letters, a few of the letters kind of came back and returned to sender and so I didn't ask to look at them. I don't know if I was ready to look at them yet but he... he um, had like a bunch of, I don't even know if I want to look at them, I don't fucking know, he had a bunch of letters that he sent my mum after I was born, and they got bounced back, and he said he's kept the letters, he's still got them, and uh, like, I think that was the point when he was just like, you know, I don't want to, I think it's, it's silly to try, to try and find who's at fault here, and blame someone, and I actually remembered when I first found out about Fernando, like, or when I first asked mum, let's try and find him, I remembered asking her what the deal was and she said that, like, Australia had knocked him back for a visa and I remember being really mad at Australia. I remember being really angry at, yeah, like, fuck it, my fucking government, my country didn't let this... Dude, who was my fucking biological dad into the country? Fuck you. I don't know. There's a lot of guilt there towards my dad. Uh, fuck. It's so much, isn't it? It's so much. I just got a lot of his history and, you know, some fucking... Well, they, oh, that's right. He told me why he went to jail. Oh, Jesus. This full story... He spent three years in, in jail in Austria because he had a restaurant and he needed to do some renovations for the restaurant. This is like a few years ago. This is when we first spoke. This was where his life was at. But um, he had a restaurant. He needed to do some renovations or the restaurant would have to close because it's like occupational health and safety. And it was 50,000 euros for the renovations, but he didn't have that money and the banks wouldn't give him the money. So he... Um, heard of some like private people who would loan him the money and they did and then the next week they were like we need the money back we have to leave the country and he was like well I already spent it on stuff so I can't give you it back and they were like well we'll give you two weeks 
No, that's right. They were like, well, we'll give you a week to get it back. And then when they came, he had like 5,000 euros for them. And, and they were like, well, we need all of our money. We'll give you two more weeks. And he, um, they showed him a picture of Miguel, his son, and, and his wife. And were like, you know, we know where you live and all this kind of stuff. And bad things are going to happen. So <clears throat> he was scared and he... Um, went home in the middle of the day, opened a bottle of wine and was just watching TV and he was watching some show about, <laughs> this is crazy, he was watching some like, you know, fucking cop show or whatever where they were robbing banks, talking about robbing banks or something and he was like, I know, I'm going to rob a bank and he was said he was like shaking and scared, never been so scared like that before and decided to, um, he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to rob a bank and he took like a fake gun went to a bank outside of the, like in a small town, went in with a thing over his face, robbed the bank, 50,000 euros, got 50,000 euros, jumped in his car and drove. And then within like 15 minutes, there were like helicopters and police cars and sirens and stuff. And, and uh, he was just like in some bush and he walked out onto the road with his hands up and was like, yeah, this I did it. It was me. I fucking took... I robbed them. <laughs> I robbed the bank. <laughs> um, and he got four and a half years in like a low security. It was like a university, but it was like a prison, you know. Um, and he did that. And that's where he was at when I first spoke to him. That's what I talked about in my show a couple of years ago. Um, oh, what am I talking about? I don't know what the point is of all of this <clears throat> on uh on tuesday morning he was he had like a flute like this fucking he was like you know getting ready to go out and buy stuff to cook his lunch he cooked his fucking camarones y papas potatoes or fucking shrimp and potatoes man with this like garlic and butter and fuck it was so good man him and miguel sat around and ate, eating that but before that, I was just doing some work on my laptop and uh, he came in and was like, he makes musical instruments. He's a musician, but he also, he like makes these Colombian like indígena instruments and uh, pulled one out and it was like a long, kind of like maybe a big clarinet, you know, but like bamboo with like a little plastic bit to put the air in up the top and he was blowing on it. He just started playing it and then he like played a little tune on it and then he just started singing. <laughs> he was just like... <laughs> just like standing... I'm like sitting on the bed. And he was just standing there in front of me singing in Spanish about something. I fucking didn't even really know what he was singing about. And um, I was like, this is nice. And it's also like I have no idea what to do right now. Like, what is, I wonder what he thinks this is. I wonder if he's been, like, building himself up to do this or if this is just a thing that he does with anyone. Or is this, like, this is my son, I want to give this thing to him, so I'm just going to, I don't know. He also kept calling me his son in Spanish to his friends, and that felt weird and jarring. I don't know if I was, like, comfortable or, well, I've got a fucking a whole bunch of guilt around this is what I've got because I feel guilty for doing this thing to my dad 
because I know my dad feels a little bit sad about it, like he thinks that I replace him, and I'm not. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to fucking go and find out what my like heritage is. You know, I've got like a half of me or whatever proportion it is of me is is this other thing that I don't know anything about. Colombian. What is that? What does it mean to be Colombian, and to be like. Like like fucking Fernando's mum, I think. Yeah, I think he said his mum. So it's like my biological grandma was an indigenous Colombian person. Which, what does that even mean? I can't remember. He told me the fucking name of the tribe. The indigenous people or whatever it is. I can't remember. It wasn't Quechua. Maybe it was Kenna. I can't remember. Um, i got to learn about that. He told me as well, he'd given me a name. It means uh, like the sun. He'd like had a name that he wanted to give me when I was born. And it was like a, a, a name of whatever the fucking tribe, you know, it was like in their language. And it means like the sun. And then he gave, uh, he gave Miguel one as well, which also means like the sun, but it's a different word, but they both mean like the sun, I think. Like, you know, like como el sol, whatever, like the sun, like the, the sun in the sky, the big, bright, shiny ball one. Yeah, it was like a name that he wanted to give me. I don't know if I feel like comfortable taking that. And This is all the things, man. This is a... I've been tempted to see this as an ending, you know? Like, this is the end of a journey of, like, me getting the balls to, like, go and find this guy, having the courage to actually go through with it and do it and meet him. And I'm realising now, as I've done it, and when I was doing it, I kind of realised that it's not so much an ending... As it is a beginning. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. It is, though. It's the beginning of me learning about my fucking, my, like, a bit of my cultural heritage, you know? I know exactly what it is to be, or I know, I know, I know what it is to be Australian. We learn about that in school. I grew up in Australia. I know Australian people. I know what that means. But whenever people look at me, and ask me, where are you from? And I know what they're asking me. They're talking about my brown skin. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to answer that question for them because I don't know what it means to be Colombian. And that's why I did this. That's why I went and did this. It's because I need to understand what it is so I can answer that question. And I think it's an important question to answer because it's a part of, regardless of what anyone says to me, oh, you're white, man. Come on, you're white. It's like... Because I was raised by two white parents, and they're my parents. They raised me. I'm not saying that they didn't. A lot of people kind of have almost come at me with the like that he's he's not your dad though, right? Like your dad who raised you. That's your dad. And I'm like, yes, yes. I'm not trying to diminish any of what he did because I love him, and that's what he did for me. But that doesn't change the fact that people don't see me as what, regardless of how I grew up and, and my mentality, and you know. I'm, fucking very lucky to have had the privilege that the privilege that I've had and the and the kind of I'm able to carry myself in a way that people just assume that I'm white and my voice is what you know all of that stuff but people still ask me where you're from and I don't know how to answer that question because I know the question they're asking I don't know how to answer it <clears throat> and it's annoying to me that I have this guilt around it but I do I feel guilty for having gone and done that because I feel like I'm betraying my dad and that doesn't come from just my dad a little bit of that comes from him a little bit of that comes from me and a little bit of that comes from a bunch of other people 
almost like inferring with their with their questions but like you know are you going to call him dad and what they're really saying is like well you're not forgetting the person who raised you right that's what it feels like and it's like let, let me fucking do this man let me fuck it's my fucking oh, i don't know now i'm angry now why am i angry a lot of emotions maybe that's a good one to feel maybe i should start with that one Maybe if I get angry first, then I'll end up with crying. Maybe that's what the therapist will tell me. <laughs> Maybe if you, if you just, if the first thing that you feel, if you feel anger, don't be afraid. Just go ahead and feel that anger. Accept it. Acknowledge it. And meet with it. Meet in that place of anger and let it carry you down <laughs> the river of despair towards acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if I say that, if I'm like, if I get into the therapist, I'm like, wait, 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 bro. Before you say anything, just let me guess what you got. Are you gonna talk about anger and that place and the river of the river of uh, what did I say? The river of despair. And down to the place of acceptance. Are you using any of those phrases? Maybe I should make a little bingo chart. How <laughs> <laughs> <Our> fucking... <laughs> what a cunt move that would be. To make a therapist bingo chart and go in and <laughs> just like the first time they say one, pull it out and just do a cross and then put it back in my pocket. <laughs> what would be on therapist bingo? Fucking if anyone's go if anyone's been to therapy and you reckon you've got some therapist bingo, hit a boy up. That would be such a funny thing to me. <laughs> oh, that is good shit. Ah, oh, therapist bingo, huh? All right, I, I yeah, I reckon I might be done, man. I got angry there. I felt a little bit of a thing there at the end. I wanted to wait. I'm sorry this was late. I wanted to wait. For um, for a few like I wanted to wait until I was in a place by myself actually, but I also wanted to wait until I was away from you know, I wanted to wait until I had left so that at least that few days had been completely kind of finalised before I started to reflect on it. And this is what this has been for the last forty minutes or whatever. It's just me trying to reflect on this thing. What an insane experience, man! That's only the start. I'll come back next year. I'll do some more... I'll try and book some shows. I want to book some shows around Eastern Europe. <sighs> Alright. That's me, man. Uh, yeah, that's me. I'm done. Thanks very much for listening, you guys. <sighs> this has been Aiden Jones. Sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>